This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 30. As one of my big mentors, Adam Fight, says, you know, make the big time where you're at. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Scott Caulfield, and today with me, Maura Bergen, Associate Professor of Exercise Science and Sports Studies at Springfield College in Springfield, Massachusetts. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and again, we are at the 2018 Coaches Conference. We're here set up in the exhibit hall. How's it been for you so far? It's been an awesome experience. It's been a pretty busy weekend. Um, I presented yesterday, gave a nice talk, which was a lot of fun, um, and then I just love being here. You know, I come down with a crew from Springfield College. Um, and it's always just a lot of fun to catch up with everybody, see the exhibits, see the other presenters, um, and just be around it all. Yeah, and it was your first time presenting on a this level conference. How it, was that? It was. It was really exciting. Um, I'll admit it was a little nerve-wracking at the beginning, um, but you know, once you get going, once you get into your topic and everything passion just takes over and you get really comfortable and I get a lot of great feedback which was cool it was a lot of fun great great yeah your so your topic was positive youth development through strength and conditioning tell us a little bit about what that is all about sure so this actually originated from my dissertation when I was at Springfield and um, I was just working with a lot of high school age students a lot of um, younger college aged and we do such a great job and we know so much about the physical preparation and the physical development um, of these young student-athletes. And I was thinking, working with my advisors and my mentors at Springfield, I said, hey, is there a way we can tap into the psychosocial side of things, a little bit more of some of that psychological development? And so what I did was I developed a curriculum that integrated some life skill development um, through strength and conditioning. So we spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, but um, the beginning of our training session talking about our objectives, what our theme for the day was, whether that was some of our goal setting skills, self-management, and then we progressed down to some resiliency. And then they did their training session and then we debriefed at the end and just created some connections. And the biggest thing that I was looking to do was create some connections and transfer to life outside the weight room, whether that was athletics, their sport, um, their home life, whatever that may be. And so I had a good experience with that. It's got some good, nice. good data. Yeah. And you, t- you mentioned the psychosocial aspect. Um, I think a lot of the times exercise science programs really focus on the science, the hard science, right? right. The, the muscle actions and whatnot. Uh, and I have thought for a long time that we're missing a boat to some degree. I mm-hmm. think you need to know all that. You need to know your muscle sliding filament theory and oh, all yeah. that good stuff. Yep. But what, you know, how important is that for these young coaches to know about? <laughs> sure. And that's actually a lot of the feedback that I get from if I'm out in the internship site visit trail that's a lot of the feedback that I get from some of the supervisors is how can we educate our young coaches to be really good coaches in terms of being able to communicate um, and manage a group of student athletes Um, and so that's something that we've been focusing on a lot too is even looking at some of the things that I covered in the curriculum with the youth athletes right. and transforming that into that coaching education program. Right. So talking right. about our interpersonal skills, yeah. our goal setting, self-management, and even resiliency. Um, yeah. oh. So they're all applicable. That's huge. I think it's huge. Are you, are you finding some of the, are you finding some of these students because you know technology and social media is such a distraction slash attraction uh are they not as good at 
some of these skills or is that an area that needs to be developed more just in like students today? That's a really good question. Um, and we've been talking about that a little bit. Yeah. It's almost like social media is like a gateway um, to exploring this field, connecting with others. That's how I reach out to a lot of my students and they yeah. can stay current and understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, you guys, you do a great job with your social media and the NSCA yeah. does. And so that's something that is starting to take off. Yeah. But there has to be that line where we can still, and something I'm big about is, you know, eye contact, meeting, greeting, yeah. being able to acknowledge somebody, you know, to their face. And right. so right. something I practice a lot with them and I encourage yeah. them to do. And I'm always challenging my students. Sometimes I just... Even if class is just getting a little stale and salt and boring, I'll say, hey, let's do a five-minute like show and tell. Yeah. And I'll have them just stand up and off the cuff just talk about something. It could be, I've given like random, like talk about for two minutes about, yeah. you know, your favorite movie and why. Um, just to get them up in front of class, in yeah. front of their peers and feeling comfortable and a little bit of an uncomfortable yeah, off the cuff yeah. situation. Yeah. So. Well, I was, I ran into a pack of uh, Springfield College students last night in the exhibit hall, and they all yeah. uh, shook my hand and introduced themselves, and I told them I would not remember their names. There was 15 of them, at least, Right. but they did a good job making eye contact, good, shaking hands, so you guys hear. are doing some good stuff. So at least you remember something, right? <laughs> right that's right. what. Yeah, and still, social media is such a double-edged sword like mm. that, too, you know? I know, because uh, I think I do a good job... Uh, as a people person I enjoy the mm -hmm. relationships and networking of, of meeting people but social media has been a really great way to connect with other people I've mm -hmm. connected with other sure. professional coaches who are super busy that we may not have ever met in person right. before but we started a conversation through that and sure. then I also hear people that I know and friends that get really frustrated and they get and they're like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna delete all my social media apps for a month, and I'm like, well, yeah. I know, I understand that where that frustration comes from, but I guess I feel like you, you shouldn't let it get to that point right. in your life where you feel like you have to go to that extreme. Be like, constantly connected. Don't be that connected mm -hmm. or that affected by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked what you said. I forget who you're t talking to, but um, you said you put all your energy into one. Your Instagram. Right, right, right. And I think that's something that's really valuable and really important. Yeah. Now, if you want to develop it and you yeah. have some depth in that one area, I think you really put your energy into one and, you know, work on that. And I think that's something yeah. that's really valuable. You know, I can never keep up with, I always thought it was Snapchat and my students were like, no, Instagram's back in. So <laughs> I'm even not that much older than them. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, right. I can't keep up. It's so hard. Yeah. 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 Um, well, and you've had a kind of, yeah, like, you know, one of the reasons to have people on here is really to give other coaches an idea about different careers and why sure. people get into careers and what and how they can do different things. So um, did your master's at Springfield College and mm -hmm. then your PhD and now you're teaching there and coaching there. How was, how'd you make that decision? At what point did you, were you like, okay, I want to get a PhD. <laughs> this is right. not an easy right. thing to do. And yeah, where'd that come out of? Yeah, honestly, well, it just all happened. And um, I really, I guess, just trusted the process. And, you know, as one of my big mentors, Adam Fight says, you know, make the big time where you're at yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. you know, stay on top of what's going on and the good things in your life. And so I went to Springfield 
for my master's in strength conditioning. I knew coming out, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to be in this field. It was something, you know, it's how I developed as a young coach. And so as I was at Springfield, I started to really settle in and love the school. I loved who I was around. I loved the culture of it. Um, And I think at one point, and I was actually telling somebody this last night, um, I think I mentioned in maybe a meeting with Dr. Brian Thompson, I was like, oh, I think what you do is really, really cool. Um, You work with us as grad students. You work with the undergrads. You connect with people in the field and do a lot of internship development. And I was like, that's really cool. So maybe one day I would get a PhD. And I'll never forget, I was a GA coach, GA strength conditioning coach, and I was just about to warm up women's volleyball. And Dr. Thompson, like, slides in next to me, and he goes, hey, Maura, like... So about that PhD, we've got a fellowship open to take a lot of the classes in the weight room. We teach activity courses and professional development courses in the weight room. And he said, I need somebody. The position's opening. Um, I need somebody to fill this. What do you think? I was like, wow, this is interesting timing. Um, Can we talk? (laughs) Can we address this again? And so it just, it was a right place, right time. I would definitely have probably have not done it in that moment if that fellowship wasn't available. Yeah. So that gave me the opportunity to, to continue coaching. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to be in the classroom in a really applied setting. Yeah. And then, so I finished the PhD process, I guess. It kind of was just like a whirlwind. <laughs> and um, it happened. I had great support. I had great mentors at Springfield College. And then, so something similar occurred it was a one-year appointment and so it just again was the right place right time and you know Springfield College is you know everybody can say it's a really special place and it's a really great I feel a lot of support Um, and it's a really unique place for me where you know my PhD is not in exercise physiology it's in pedagogies and teaching and learning so um that's great yeah Springfield's a really applied program and so for what how I see myself as a professional it's great you know I can teach half my classes in the weight room. I teach half my classes in a traditional classroom. So it's it's really fun. It's a it's a cool. And so I'm just enjoying it now. We'll see where the next step takes. And yeah, just have super to. Super cool. Yeah. What um. I mean, that fellowship is obviously set up for someone to teach and coach. But how hard was it to? do your PhD I mean how like when people think sure. I don't know I think when I think PhD I think oh my god no I, I don't want right. to do that but how I mean really how hard was it to do that yeah. I would say it, it was definitely waves it was ebbs and flows yeah. so a lot of the coursework it, it, I've always I guess enjoyed being in school yeah. I love learning I loved who I was learning with um, the experiences that I had and the opportunities I'm really grateful for and they've helped, helped me develop immensely and so the classes were enjoyable. Probably the second year, there's a lot of qualifying exams. You take your research and your statistics line. That's something that Springfield really takes a lot of pride in, is we come out of that PhD program able to hit the ground running and being involved in research, whether that's you know qualitative, quantitative, whatever areas you're interested in. And so we take a pretty rigorous research and statistics line, and then the dissertation. Yeah as the final stop and so your second year you take some big qualifying exams in the summer so that would probably be the most stressful part and I know every institution is a little bit different some institutions do some big presentations um, but the qualifying exams I would say and then the dissertation to me honestly was it was so much fun you know I was that gave me the opportunity to be back in the weight room back coaching and then obviously you know the writing is not you know ideal but It was enjoyable. Yeah. And there was definitely sometimes, I'm sure, my uh, family and friends were probably like, this is... <laughs> right, right. 
but <laughs> yeah, I survived. Cool. Um, and you got you mentioned you know Springfield College being a very applied program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys have a you know renowned you know undergrad and graduate program talk a little bit about those programs and how many people are you know you guys are putting into the field your placement ability sure well i guess i have to start off first by giving i know um i've seen her around too as well dr margaret jones Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. started that program and developed that and then dr brian thompson he came in um and he has taken that program over now and he's done a fantastic job so the two of them have been big pioneers um and so it's there's a lot of history and there's a lot of tradition i'm sure as everybody knows and so normally at the um undergrad level we probably have about in each year we matriculate maybe 45 to 50 undergrad students in our applied exercise science program and then within the strength and conditioning grad program i know dr thompson currently he likes to have about I would say 12 to 16 to 18, maybe somewhere in there. I feel like classes are about 14 to 16. Yeah. And then in the most part, I would say we have probably a hundred percent next step rate, I guess I'll call it, whether that's um, getting a job in some various avenues. There's always two or three that will stay on for a PhD, whether that's in you know, the pedagogy side of things or in the ex-phys. And then, you know, it's usually a handful of, you know, some students come in and they're really interested in the private sector. Some students come and they're ready to go to college and some students come and they end up going someplace that they, you know, never saw them going to, which is really cool about Springfield and, you know, just the experiences and the opportunities. Yeah. And you have a lot of kind of uh, internships built into those programs, right? So like Mm -hmm. they can do it. They do a lot of hands-on coaching with the Springfield College athletes, but then they also have requirements. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about those and maybe where some people have gone with those that you know of. So um, the grad program is your first year, you'll come in, it's a two-year program. The first year you come in and one half of the year you'll spend in the Springfield College weight room, like you were saying, with our student-athletes, which for a small Division three institution, we have a large chunk. I forget the actual percentage. I think it's around like maybe 65, 70% of students are also student athletes. Okay. So we see a lot of students yeah. in that weight room. So there's about 800 of us. So there's um, they, they experience that, and that's kind of their first exposure, your first exposure. And then the second half, whether it's the spring or fall semester, you'll go off and you'll do a 100-hour internship. And most of the time, those are at some local places. Okay. So we are always sending students down to UConn with their staffs. We send always send somebody out to Holy Cross with Coach Oliver. And then there's some smaller private facilities in the area, too, that you know do a really great job for us. And so those are usually the local ones. And then... Um, Usually in the summer between your first and second year, that's when the big big internship happens. They're about 400 hours. Okay. Essentially, that's our credit. But, and that's where the students, that's where opportunities are endless. And, yeah. you know, I can thank everybody who has taken a Springfield College intern yeah. um, and mentored them and taken them under their wing. Yeah. And it's been a really cool process. And that's where, you know, we see a lot of students we have some NFL spots that we send yeah. a lot to, college, private sector, pretty much all over. Yeah, and you guys have a pretty storied, you know, list too of people who have been through the program. Yeah. That I mean, Todd Wright with the Sixers. I mean, oh, there's sure. a ton of them fight. Uh, you know, who's been in pro and college and private. Uh, do you have a list somewhere? You guys keep track we of do. all these people. We do. Actually, <laughs> if you were to check out the graduate okay. site, um, yeah. I know. 
Dr. Thompson, he, he likes to do a really good job of keeping that as up to date as he can and making sure that he follows people where they go and all yeah, sorts of stuff. Good. And that's a good call. You know, usually it's it's a really cool contingency to make sure that you know we keep track of everybody and you know that's see where neat. they are and that's neat. create some connections and yeah, yeah, because you guys do I think a good job of. And maybe a better job than most, honestly, of doing, like, uh, alumni events at things like this sure. and other conferences. Yeah, yeah, we try to, and that's something that I think Springfield College as a whole institution is really takes a lot of value in, whether physical education, that's something that also runs very, very deep, so they do a good job of maintaining their relationship with alumni. We have a great alumni office on campus. Same with us, um, with strength and conditioning side of things, and even um, as... I'm becoming more involved in the undergrad applied exercise science program. That's something that we're starting to see a lot of too. That's, Oh yeah, I did my undergrad there or things along the lines of that. Yeah. So, and so how did, where did, at what point did you, uh, decide to go into strength and conditioning? Where did that kind of pop in your mind that this, uh, this is a profession and this is something that I might want to do. Sure. I actually, um, grew up in a, pretty larger town, I guess, in Connecticut. And I was fortunate enough to have a high school strength and conditioning coach. Oh, nice. Um, and so that was something that I was exposed to when I was, when I was younger. I remember I was like right on the, I was right below the bus limits. So I didn't get an after school bus when I was younger and I couldn't okay. drive myself. So my mom was either like, well, you can walk home or I'll pick you up after I get out at three thirty or whatever it may be. And I was like, what am I going to do? I only played softball in the spring. And so I think I just wandered into the weight room. And so that's when I probably had my first exposures in high school. So I'm, I think maybe that's why I have a special place in my heart for yeah. you know, high school and younger youth athletics. And so I think that's where it took off. And then mm-hmm. I remember looking at schools and I've learned that you could major in exercise science and yeah. I think health fitness manager, something along those lines was my undergrad. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then I had some great mentors at Keene State where I did my undergrad. And that's where... I was connected with Mike Kamal at Merrimack College. And so I spent some time, some summers, I've got family that lives in his area. And so I would spend my summers at Merrimack and volunteering with him. That's how a lot of my mentors went to Springfield College and that's how I ended up at Springfield. So I guess I loved working out and playing sports and as I'm sure with everybody else and just kind of stumbled in. Yeah. And you, you mentioned volunteering. Um, how important was that of a experience, and you know, and sure. how important is it of an opportunity for people to get experience? Right. <laughs> if for, and that's something I talk with our students a lot about. Is we're fortunate. We're in a really, really great area. We've got a lot of opportunities around us. You know, we're not far from Boston. We're not far from you know these major institutions. So I really encourage, even if it's, you know, once or twice a week, if it works in your schedule, just make yourself known and make yourself available to those volunteer opportunities as best as you can. And just reaching out is something that's really important because you never know, you know, if something, you know, like I'll even take my example that we, Springfield College, and they were in a pinch and they needed somebody to be on a one-year appointment in exercise science. And, you know, it just kind of happened for me and I never saw it I never envisioned it happening, right. but um, it's something that's really important because it's like goes with everything. You never know who knows who, or yeah. you know what's going to need to be filled, or have you. So I think I really encourage you know a lot of young coaches, a lot of students going through is to make sure that you know, like I said, introduce yourself. Right. All you gotta do is right. shake somebody's hand, send an email. Yeah. I tell my first year students, you know, you guys not, might not know how to pick up the phone, right. <laughs> go, right, right. but you know, pick up the phone. 
yeah. give somebody a call and just you know, introduce yourself and yeah. just yeah well, or Leanne Blinn that I had on before you you know was talking about when she got involved and actually got her CSCS in the mid 90s and she was writing letters yeah. handwritten letters to coaches so I mean I feel like today the younger coaches have so much of a bigger opportunity mm-hmm. to to reach out to people right. it's so much easier for them to right. reach out to network to go visit people mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's just a bit way it's a way easier opportunity through social media yeah. or email or whatever that i agree you. yeah and a lot of my students are they're like well what types of things would i ask somebody like how do i start that conversation and so the hint that i always give them is you know ask them about their journey ask them about how they got started right. you know everybody likes to talk about themselves so yeah. it's for yeah. the most part just yeah. you know be curious and just yeah. you know express interest in, you know in their journey and you'll know, maybe ask for some advice yeah. you know for somebody coming up through the ranks and Absolutely. so I think that's that's always a great place to start you know introduce yourself and just ask them questions about them about yeah. where they are and what they're doing so yeah. I think that's huge have a little have a little idea of where you know whatever you read their bio right. or whatever that might have been and what they've done you know the book they the book you read that they wrote or article right. yeah some sort of common connection and I think too that I think Ron McKeefer had talked about it you know have some sort of um you know follow-up because basically sure. you don't want to <clears throat> if you're just meeting them at a conference and kind of setting up that first in um <clears throat> experience you don't want to take all of their time and right. just ba- bath ba- bash them with questions sure. that they're like uh, but you know be able to set up that you know can i ask you a couple other questions via email right. or whatever so right. that you set that next connection up mm-hmm. with them it's, right yeah it's just easy to do and even like you said those those follow-ups are really important if you you know are really interested in their program and what they're doing and you see that they're successful whether that's the sport team that they're you know they're working with or if they get recognized as an institution or a facility it's just even qu- dropping a quick line and say hey coach congrats on that's a great win and I'm really excited for you so just maintaining that goes yeah. a lot further than just a conference and right. you know when big things happen or when you need something yeah no that's a great point that's a great point how about from some of the people that you've worked for and done intern even done internships sure. what are some of the qualities or things that you know you have taken from them as far as the, you know qualities or you know values that help you as a coach sure so yeah through my years at Springfield I had some opportunities to do some great internships I spent a summer down at University of Louisville um, with Tina Murray and their program down there I spent some time at UConn with you know coach Mo you know so a lot of the experiences that I had and the values that I took away from those was you know just being you being you as a coach knowing and understanding who you are I know we heard a lot about that last night with you know coach Ken and his great presentation is just understanding you know who you are and that's going to be okay you know it's going to be a little bit it's going to be obvious if you're trying to be somebody that you're not um, and knowing what you believe in and what your values are um, and that's okay to have some differences but if you have your opinions just understand that you can be able to back them up and that's you 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 can support yourself and support the decisions that you're making um probably another good one is having a 
for lack of better words, like a professional sense of curiosity, you know, knowing when to, you know, address some questions or knowing when to, you know, provide some input and just, you know, being able to read the situation and feel comfortable reading that situation, you know, taking some notes in the moment, but finding the right time when to ask, you know, a coach or a staff, you know, whether that's at the end of the day or scheduling some time. Um, And then probably... Another big one with like we've been talking about is a lot of the communication, um, making sure that you are on top of your emails, you're on top of communicating, you know, daily schedules, things along those lines. I think yeah. it goes, you know, a lot more than, you know, like we. I, I this really sat with me really well when Coach Ken was like, the recovery pr- protocol. You know, why not just ask them? You know, have some face-to-face contact and be able to connect and understand. Yeah. So they do a really good job of that with their athletes. So that's something that I've been exposed to through through my experiences. Nice. And how about what are you guys looking for? What are you looking for in interns and young coaches? Like what kind of things are you hoping to teach them or really yeah. see for them to be better? Sure. And I've got some really great, I've spent a lot of time with um, MK and Adam Fight and Bobby Smith from RIPS. So we send a lot of students down to them and they, I get a lot of feedback from them. And from all of the other places that I visit, our students get a really do a really good job with the science side of things. Yeah. You know, we do we have a pretty science intensive curriculum, and you know we've tried to you know pump them on that. But some of the feedback has been they're a little skittish trying to stand up in front of a group, or you know they don't have a great coaching voice yet. So I think being able to command a room and have some presence, and you know I'll be the first one to admit if it's a new topic I'm covering in class, and even yesterday before I was presenting. I was just staring out the skyline of Charlotte and I was just like talking to the window. You know, that's how I just, you know, practice and you just have to keep talking. So I encourage a lot of young coaches um, or somebody that maybe is a little bit more introverted, a little bit more reserved is just... You know, just get comfortable, yeah. you know, with with your voice. Um, feel comfortable leading some courses, leading some classes. And I think that's something that I know we're trying to d- develop as a department is um, getting these coaches exposed, especially our undergrad students, getting them yeah. exposed to just some, some face-to-face time, whether that's just leading a basic warm-up within yeah. class. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing that with some of the classes I was teaching in the weight room. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's why I kind of just toss them in the fire and yeah. have them just stand up in front of class and just talk about, right. you know, what do you want your legacy at Springfield College to be? And so yeah. I think that hopefully will help a little bit. Yeah. But that's usually the feedback that I get is just being able to command command the room. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, people who have listened to the podcast have heard me say I used I coached basketball mm-hmm. when I first started when I grew up growing up played basketball, coached basketball, but I, my first couple jobs out of high school, literally my first two summers out of high school was at a basketball camp. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I did camps and we ran stations and you coach kids. And like, I ran a basketball camps really up until I started becoming a strength coach. And, you know, I tell you what, running the like warm ups and drills for kindergartners and first and second graders probably made me a better coach and better at commanding a group of, uh, student athletes right. than uh, you know than ever working with uh, collegiate or professional athletes has. Oh, I agree. <laughs> That's what we get a lot of opportunities. Our physical education department at Springfield they do a really good job with that, and they've taken on a lot of the younger, you know, local kids and homeschool students, and so. We jokingly say some of our best coaches are students that go through the PE program right. because they're, Absolutely. you know, 
classroom management and yeah. just being able to, you know, kind of see all of those different avenues. And so yeah. me and the fights, we've been talking about that a little bit moving forward. But I agree. A lot of times students come into my office and they're like, well, what types of things can I be doing? I'm like, well, help volunteer with like your t-ball team, your little league team. Like if yeah. you can hang and work with those four, five, six-year-olds and, right. Right. you know, it's just kind of getting out of your box a little bit. And I think yeah. I was a timid coach when I was at that age too. But I think you hit a point where you're just like, yeah. You know, this is what it's going to be, and I just got to have some fun with this. And yeah, yeah, I think it's that goes the same way for presenting too. You know, mm-hmm. like you can probably feel. I still feel sometimes like I'm not a great presenter, and, right. but I look back and I look. You know, you look at the year, you know, wrapping up, and you're like, oh wow, you know, I presented. 20 times last year in clinics or conferences and so it's obviously just practice Mm -hmm. and just trying to improve whether that's practicing yourself or videoing yourself or doing something and Mm -hmm. you know and and I did I was an undergrad PE major um, but I did like a non-teaching track so I didn't do student teaching but I still had all the Mm -hmm. pedagogy motor learning different um, student teaching opportunities where I think a lot I think there could be a lot of things that we could utilize for strength and conditioning programs yeah I agree from from physical education Mm -hmm. yeah that stuff's really important too that's something that no it's really good um what else now you get a lot of opportunities you know you teach in a university mm-hmm. so in a college you're you're obviously continuing education is you know you're spending a lot of time teaching people what else do you do besides these kind of events to get your uh, to learn and get new information sure yeah so I get a lot of information actually from my students. There's so, we all know there's so much out there and there's so much going on. You know, I used to, when I was a GA and in grad school, I was able to, you know, we would collaborate as a, as a unit and, you know, try the newest training method or newest nutrition thing, you know, whatever it may be, or people were doing research on it. Like, I think I went keto for like six weeks because somebody was collecting data on it. And so now with my students, the, you know, they're eager and they're into it. So we kind of, some of my higher courses, I teach a senior level course. And so we'll have like a five, 10 minute debrief about, Hey, what are you guys doing? what do you guys read? What's going on? And so I'm teaching Dr. Thompson's on sabbatical next semester. So I'm teaching his advanced level class. And so I'm excited to get some feedback from them and they'll do some presentations on training programs. So my students, I get a lot from, which is cool. And then, um, I'm heavily involved in, like, we've been talking about the internship process. Yeah. Um, so something that Springfield really prides themselves on is we'll try to make a site visit to every student that we've got out that's in within the local area. And then if we send a student to a new site or if we haven't visited that site in three years, okay. we'll make the long haul. We'll make a big trip. Cool. So that's also how I like to stay involved yeah. with the various different people in the fields, various different sites. Yeah, so I get the opportunity to go to a lot of really cool places and then even the local spots. Like I said, I make it down to Yukon, Holy Cross, you know, yeah. those places that are local and easy enough to pop in and see students. So I spend a lot of time doing that. And then I, get a lot, I have a commute, so I do, do the traditional podcast, okay. Um, okay. trying to get onto that. I haven't gotten there on the Audible train yet, okay. so I keep, I keep it on the podcast and I try to do some reading and even just kind of refreshing some courses that I haven't taught before. I have to sometimes I jokingly feel like I feel like I'm studying and taking the course and yeah. then have to teach the course. Nice. But. Well, now I know I know you're a NSCA coaching podcast listener because mm-hmm. we've talked about. It, but what other, what else are you listening to? Uh, what other, what else is in the download list? I still. 
love Coach McKeefree's Iron Game Chalk Talk. Those cool. are probably my big ones. Yeah. You guys, those are the two. Actually, I mean, I'm from Connecticut, so I'm a like diehard UConn basketball. Okay. Uh, Gino's podcast is actually really good. Okay. He's got some. Cool. He does this one with like Tiger Woods, and yeah. you know. Yeah. So those are probably they're still sport oriented. Yeah. You know, I guess yeah, yeah. I just I'm still young. I still love sports. I'm still yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Those are probably my big ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, there's so much out there. There's TED Talks. There's so many. I know when we started this last year at this event, um, I read somewhere or saw somewhere on social media that there was like, uh, I think it was around 300,000 podcasts. Yeah. And like I was like, oh, perfect. Right. <laughs> 300,000 and one. Right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and same with the apps too. <laughs> I, that's a little activity I do with some of my students is like, hey, what fitness, like what app are you going to use yeah. and stuff? So the big one now is that is the Minds, the uh, Mindspace oh, yeah. app, that yeah. meditation one. Yeah. So I think that's going to be my New Year yeah. app try. But cool. like, it's, it's, like I said, it's so hard to keep up with. Yeah. No. And it's wild to see um, like technology coming out mm-hmm. around something like meditation mm-hmm. and how big that is now given how old meditation yeah. right like mm-hmm. how long it's been around now but how long people have utilized mm-hmm. it for but now it's like it's hot topic it's books apps right. everything related to it. it's just interesting to see yeah um, oh, that's super cool any other books or anything that you've read recently that are on the list oh my goodness other than like text the textbooks that I'm <laughs> <laughs> textbooks um so i'm te- like i said i'm teaching that advanced level strength and conditioning course and so dr t he's he's a big book guy yeah so i'm probably re- revisiting a lot of the books that i read when i took that class a couple years ago yeah. so in my backpack right now, I've got the Switch book. Yeah. That's the first book we'll cover. Yeah. That's a good one. And then I'm trying to think. I just picked up the originals. I know that's a big one. And yeah. then Grit by Angela Duckworth. Cool. That's on my reread yeah. list. Yeah. So making sure I just stay up to date with some of those books that we, we talk about in the yeah. coaching. I just read Brett, Brett Bartholomew's yeah. coaching book as well. Cool. So I try to keep up a little bit. Right. But I will be the first to admit it's the tech. It's I've been doing some textbook yeah. <laughs> textbook yeah, reading yeah. to stay up and ready for class and everything. But good stuff. Um, cool. Well, I have a few of my fun kind of go-to questions sure. that you know of that you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you could have dinner or conversation with any three people or up to three people, living, dead, or fictional, who would it be and why? Sure. So. I will say I do have a little interest in a lot of some history stuff and some of the social changes that we have going on. I think in my world I have to be up on that a little bit and you know going through the, the higher education. So there's just a lot of people in history, I think, just to be able, you know, we read about it so much, but just to be able to hear it, you know, firsthand. So somebody, one that always comes to my mind and I think she was really powerful and influential was somebody just like Rosa Parks yeah. I think would be really cool just to be like hey like empower me I want to hear about your story and what was going through your head a lot and so and then another one I grew up in a big family big Irish family so I heard a lot about the Kennedys growing up so I would love yeah. to you know maybe sit down with JFK and hear what he had to say nice. something that's a little bit different and um, I think Neil Armstrong would be really cool 
Nice. Like, yeah. what was the moon like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went through a phase where, and I still am like a little geekily infatuated with, yeah. you know, space. I think it's yeah. really, like, to me, it's fascinating. That so. is. That's awesome. That's a good, it's a good one. It's a good list. So I'm trying I like to it. be a little different. Yeah. I know there's been some like people it. before me. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. You get an opportunity of learning from what other people have said. Yeah. Right. How about, uh, I like this one a lot for, especially for people that have been coaching for a while involved in teaching coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a coaching practice that you could eliminate, what would you kind of banish from people being able to utilize? Banish to utilize. This is a, this is a challenging one. Yeah. I think, um, without spending too much time on it. I really always, and I know this is like, so such a staple, but when I was doing a lot of coaching, I really struggled with printing cards. Okay. I wish there was a way I could just like, maybe like on a smart board or something, be able to just like take what I had. I feel like whenever I printed a card, there was always a typo. I don't know if maybe Excel doesn't have really good like spell checker, whatever that yeah, may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I obviously wouldn't eliminate that one. Yeah. But I've just, I guess it's just a better, an easier way. <laughs> an yeah. easier way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's probably being me a little uh, not super tech savvy. Right. <laughs> but then probably one of the other. I know I'm drawing a blank on this one, and when you when you <laughs> preface me on this, I think I I don't like to think about eliminating things and just maybe how yeah. can we change things. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is a big thing that I take, yeah. you know, a big approach. And so, you know, I haven't been exposed. You know, Springfield College we have a beautiful weight room. We have yeah, yeah. you know what we need to get by. But I think I've just you know settled in and learned to yeah. you know balance and deal with the things that I've been exposed to. Yeah. So yeah, I'm having a hard good. time thinking about something that I would eliminate um, in teaching maybe it's definitely oh I've got one and this is anybody going off to do an internship or still doing some communication is when students do not check their school email Okay. so having to chase <laughs> students down would probably be something that I do not like about the teaching side of things you and you know keeping keeping track of everybody when yeah. they're off on their internships yeah. so. there you go yeah make sure you check your email check no, that, that is a good point of like with social media how connected mm-hmm. people are if they don't respond to you in a timely manner yeah pretty sure that they're just being a slacker because it's not that yeah. they didn't see it you right. can't you can't use that excuse because i know you're posting sure. stuff on social yeah. media so you don't tell me you didn't see my text right. message or right. whatever it is yeah. right so a lot of my students when you guys go off in internships yeah. i know you i know i have your cell phone number so <laughs> <laughs> and i know what you're doing yeah. um so i would say probably nice i like it um and how about if you weren't you know at the point you are in this career what do you think you'd be doing if it was an entirely different career? What? Um, that's another hard one. Just because I've been so involved from just from, yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I think I would be really good at maybe some type of like sales job or like promotions or something along maybe like real estate or something I just any I have to have to be with a person I'm just such a people person like I have a lot of friends that work like there's part of me that's like oh I would love to work like the nine to five job and like live in Boston and like do all that but I'm like oh my goodness I have a hard that was one big transition going from coaching and being on my feet all day and buzzing around and bouncing around like sometimes I sit like people catch me like doing laps in my like sitting down is probably the hardest part but I would need something that 
I'm a people person. Yeah, I like to talk. Absolutely. I, you know, absolutely. I always say I could be convince people to <laughs> right. buy something or sell something. So yeah. oh, totally. <laughs> I totally get it. I could never work. I could never work from home. Like, oh my goodness, no. I have no idea. I would get nothing done. Right. I would just. I'd be like, there's nobody here. The dogs just keep looking at me. They're right. Like, or why are you talking to me? <laughs> I know you're, we talked about this last night. I know you're a big outdoors person, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like my bike's looking at me, I go for a walk, you know, whatever it may be. I'm the same way. I commute up to school, drive up to school just to sit in my office and get some work done. And yeah. you know, if my like Dean or department chairs, sometimes I don't bring my computer home with me because <laughs> I know it's just going to be in my backpack. Right. Um, right. But you know, I'd like to be really productive when I'm in the office. And I think that's probably a good piece of advice, you know, that worked for me as I was going through you know my education and you know right now like I think it's really important to have a space where you know that that can be you know when you walk into that space you know that's that's game time that's yeah. when we're gonna get some stuff done and eliminate your distractions and stuff like that but for the most part that's great no and how about if people listening to this are more interested in hearing talking to you about some of the youth development stuff or sure. Springfield College how do people reach you probably the best way would be through my email so I'm on okay. the Springfield College faculty and the exercise science and sports studies program um, website so email would probably be the best way um, I've got put that in the show notes too. yep show yeah. notes and then I've got I'm on Twitter too as well so great. I personally love I'm not with first to admit I'm not a great Instagram or Snapchat person I'm I'm Twitter. Twitter's okay. where I get my daily news go. and I yeah. connect with people and see what's going on. Yeah. So you gotta have your go to. Uh, yeah, I like I like yeah. Twitter. Cool. All right, we'll put those all in the show notes. Awesome. So thanks, again, thanks, Coach. Appreciate your time. Well, thank we'll, you for having me. It's great. been a lot of fun. It's a fun weekend. Thanks. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.